Welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is up? We are broadcasting in the meat space, in real life. I'm looking at my two co-hosts, Eyeball to Eyeball. Who's with me in the room? Cameron McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> and Rob Bogoyevich. <laughs> All right, let's clarify. Cameron, um, our producer, is here with us with a giant mixing board. Yeah. Cam or Dustin is in front <laughs> the of the other us. Cameron, right? Yeah, the other Cameron. Dustin is here with us holding an orange at I was thinking it was a tangerine. It's kind of small. Well, maybe perhaps it's not. It's, yeah, maybe, maybe it's, it's not. not. But here we are. We're doing a real in-person show. Cameron stole this from the breakfast room. It's not really stealing if, you know. If they're giving it to you? It, to it you. is a continental breakfast, dude. It is. It is. <laughs> really, in continental breakfast terms, they're stealing from you, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so here we are. We're kind of, if you're a regular listener of our show, you're used to a nice, tightly produced 35-minute program <laughs> where we have structured topics, etc. Uh, we never go off topic. Forget about that today. Because here we are. Uh, we're on the Saturday night of St. SCG St. Louis. Um, and we kind of just wanted to <clears throat> spitball this a little bit, kind of hang out in the hotel room and chat and see what's going on uh, with this tournament, which is huge. It's a huge tournament, unexpectedly. Unexpected. Uh, yeah. and, 760 uh, players. Which is, which is massive for an SCG standard event. Uh, Cameron, we really have to start with you here, right? Because yeah. this is your first big boy event, right? Very first. Very first. And so you decided to, to suit up for standard. Uh, you know, your standard deck just got stolen. What was that like three or four weeks ago? Not yeah, to, about a little over a month ago. Not now. to mention that again, mm -hmm. yeah, um, but yeah. it totally got stolen while you decided <laughs> to go to the bathroom. Um, so, just so just looking at me like that, I know. Sorry, uh, <laughs> so let's hear about it. Like, how how did the tournament go? Oh my gosh, everything about this is exactly how I kind of expected it to go down. Total blast. I mean, Dustin and I, we woke up. Probably at six thirty, roughly did some grocery shopping or whatever. Just get some like drinks right. so we'd be ready at, at the local full, Walmart. Yeah, for a full seven, eight hour day or right. however long we're going to do it. Um, lines weren't too bad to begin with. And I thought, okay, you know, we'll probably have three hundred, right. four hundred people here. I mean, that's what you're kind of preparing me for. All of a sudden, hour goes by. Oh, it just the, flooded. Yeah, it just keeps on flooding yeah. and flooding and flooding. I mean, it's ten o'clock. We're supposed to be going, and. There's line out the door still for registration. At that moment, said there's 600 plus people here already, and right. they were still filling people up. So they had to open up an auxiliary room, which was totally crazy. Um, and I, like I said, I mean, I've just it was awesome. I was not expecting that, and to be surrounded by 700 almost like-minded people, right? All playing Magic, all playing standard Magic, was totally awesome. Very exciting. Yeah, and we don't, uh, you know, I should mention, it kind of feels like a big weekend for Magic, right? We don't know the numbers for Richmond off the top of our heads, but I, I via Twitter, I understand that it's a lot of people. This tournament is huge. Yeah. And the Pro Tour happened this weekend, so super big. So you su suited up uh, Boros. Yeah, so uh, the night before, Dust and I kind of were... <laughs> In a haphazard manner. It was a very janky play testing. We were not prepared to even play yeah, test. Yeah, yeah. I mean, bad. like, you brought in your uh, your blue-white control, so I had that to, to play with, which I learned very, very quickly. Boros does horribly against blue-white control, mm. um, and I have proof from the tournament of that as well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, just kind of a weird, janky play testing through that. Um, and one thing I did want to talk about, because I've, I've been so up on um, Young Pyromancer, and it just it seemed like such a really 
awesome card when that was released in M14. I kept on trying to find a way to fit that in right. in a deck. I don't know why. It's just it just it spoke to me in a in a way that I liked. Not to mention the the deck that you net decked was uh, playing young pyromancer and won first place at a star city about a month ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But here we are in the play test, and that just it just fell flat on its face for me. Like I mean, just every single time I was thinking that it would help, it just it didn't have like any synergy, didn't have mm-hmm. any combos coming from it. It was mm-hmm. like okay, played a lightning strike. There's an elemental and. Too bad, Supreme Verdict. There's, it wasn't like an Assemble the Legion where right. that third time in, I have three soldier tokens with haste, you know, right. or Elspeth with, you know, three soldier tokens, you know, something like that, right. where just I, I just want to kind of like overwhelm my opponent with, with tokens, and it, it just doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. So instead, I used Seder Fire Dancers in it, um, in the deck, and they performed admirably. I mean, they've performed really, really well. For the record, I still don't believe it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. But every single time I got that out on, like, turn two or turn three, the opponent, and maybe it was just because it was a new Born of the Gods card, the opponent didn't really know how to deal with it. They're right. like, okay, can I, can I kill it? You know, it's like, yeah, it's a 1-1, one, one, go for it, you know? Right. But, like, they were, they were trying to find, they would go after that rather than after... You know, somebody would thought seize me and would take out the Seder Fire Dancer over and assemble a Legion, which to me is just bonkers. Well, depending on what turn it is, if they're doing it yeah. way early and they think you don't have the mana for it, then yeah, and but it's dependent know. upon their hand and yeah, right. how intelligent but, of a human being they are, et cetera. Sure, sure. yeah. Um, so walk us through the tournament. How many rounds do you play? What did you play each round, yeah. et cetera, et cetera? So because there are so many people there, they're going to do 11 rounds. Um, it's still happening. Yeah, as, yeah, we're recording. as we're recording. Yeah, so it's like 7.30 <laughs> right. at night. Spoiler, people. Sorry. <laughs> we don't know how it ends. Um, uh, so, yeah, the tournament, you know, really, really fast, fluid movement. I mean, I don't know if anybody, our listeners, I'm sure a lot of you have done this, but um, I was just really impressed with just how quickly and how well organized everything was as far as how it flowed. Um, but as far as the, the <clears throat> tournament went, uh, first one that I played was an Esper control deck. Mm-hmm. Three colors in standard season this year just seems kind of <laughs> not good, like just right? Greedy. right? Just Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to limit it down, right. especially with so many people playing. And you ended up going 2-0 against this guy. Yeah, yeah. So first de- first. One, I was really worried because, I mean, he had a freaking Boros tattoo on his arm. And I was like, I'm screwed. There's no way. I mean, if a guy has a tattoo on his arm. you know you're hardcore. You're hardcore, right? And, uh, well, he's playing uh, the Esper Control. And, I mean, I just just trounced over him. It was great. Um, It was like, it was a cakewalk, honestly. I mean, he played a good game. There was like, I wouldn't say there was any mistakes. How are you going to have a Boros tattoo and then play Esper? Right? You're not even representing. He's probably having jealous you know, thoughts right. through my On the pleasure. way over, I did see an advertisement for a tattoo removal place. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> you could change, split that guy right? that number. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so you, you were 1-0 feeling 1-0 good. 1-0 feeling really, really hot. Uh, turn, or uh, number two. Well, well, hang on here. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm trading, right? Oh, yeah. Cameron comes over, and he's just got the biggest smile on his face. He's like, dude, I got it. It was 2-0. He was so happy. It was just... It's like kid in a candy store, you know. Right, right. First big tournament, first big win. It was pretty awesome. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, we're talking what I've been playing now for really seriously playing for seven months, and to just like right. start off a tournament with like that big of a bang, right? For me, huge. I love that. Uh, so round number two or uh, opponent number two, um, black, um, mono black, mono black devotion. Um, kind of transferred over to this guy as well. I mean, if I I went two one. 
Um, but like no pack rat problems. No pack rat pro- problems. I mean, the first time around, he did get that out, but you know, I had a last breath in the sideboard. Um, right. Uh, what else? Anger of the Gods was great against that as well. Right. Just kind of removing that early on in the game, so I could get rid of it. Um, was able to just lightning bolt enough or lightning strike enough things that his even like his gray merchant he gray merchant me for like three which was <laughs> right. hilarious you know so right. i mean just very easy game with that I, it should point out by the way that you know the boros deck that you're playing this is symbol of legion big boros really preys on that mono black yeah, deck yeah. right so i mean where's the, the where's the answer for the assemble the legion right, right? that's the matchup yeah. you want to see so yeah. go ahead so um ter- uh number 3 is a blue white control deck. Oh, oh okay, well back up. So you're you're at 20. 20. Now now, where I'm, you're at. I, now I'm skipping towards Dustin. Uh, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so we're, he's we're, like I went 21 this time. I'm still in this. Were you yeah. just pure happiness cuz at this point times in the past when I've been 20. I'm just thinking to myself, you are going to screw this up. That's exactly Don't screw this up. Exactly. Don't make any mistakes. And so what really kills me is the time between rounds. Once I get into a game, I feel fine. Mm-hmm. But the kind of lead up and me waiting for the next round to start, I am a wreck. Yeah. Yeah. You know, anyway. Well, that's that's exactly what happened. Like, I'm just like sweating this out because now I know that the maybe I had easy opponents opponents or I mean, they both seem like skilled players, but maybe I just had an easy time with this. But when you get to the 2-0 bracket and you're playing another 2-0 player, you know that they at least are a very competent player in some right. way. Um, and so here I am just like nervously, I feel like I'm over shuffling my deck and just maybe I'm, I don't know what's happening, uh, play against a blue white control deck. And I knew from the night before that I just mm-hmm. was having issues where it just mid game. I just didn't feel like I had anything. They already have like 15 lands on the board, you know, and I'm just, then the elixir immortality comes and it's like, Oh, I have right. no way to draw cards. And both times I, if I had to mulligan. And I went two one in that as well, but the times that I mulliganed, you went one two. I went, I'm sorry, one two. I, I I won one. He won two. Um, you know, you could have sideboarded in your pithing needle and called elixir of immortality. I could have done that, but I That's needed a something against. Don't I, listen I, to I know that. it's yeah. a horrible play, Elspeth, but you could have stopped yeah, it. Yeah, uh, but that that was the big issue is that um, with his Sphinx's revelation and divination, and then me having no real mechanic to draw cards, and right. me starting out with six cards instead of seven, I was hosed. Um, well, so you, you remember I was telling you that um, Spirit of Labyrinth might have been a good sideboard for that type of matchup. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I hate just yeah, but I know. Mm-hmm. I think I think that matchup just on its face is a is a bad one for you. Mm-hmm. Is as good as the mono black one is, and you got to know that, right? You yeah, got to know exactly. that going in, and that those are the things that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, game number four played uh, Green Red Monsters. Once again, kind of got mana hosed. I was in control of that game the entire that match the entire way through, mm-hmm. and I uh, had one mistake that I did at the end of the game where I should have lightning struck him on his end step. Mm-hmm. Forgot to do that, and he was able to just like set off a yep yep a monster and. That happens. How did you so. feel about that matchup? I'm kind of curious because it seems like they have like a much better threat density than yeah, you. Yeah, they, they seem to. You know, I can keep certain things at bay with um, the Storm Breath Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, early game, I, I can get out the Chandra's Phoenix. Th- that seemed to help me a lot. Um, and honestly, I just, I would like, as soon as a 5-5 monster came out there, I just would Lightning Bolt, Mizium Mortar, try to get that out is just mm-hmm. so I wouldn't have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Chain of the Rocks also helped a lot of just kind of spot removing. 
certain big creatures. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, that was the one, like I amateur mistake on my part that I, that cost me the game. I, I maybe I wouldn't have won two, three, two or three turns, but like that turn, I, that was a huge mistake on my part. Right. Um, and then of course the nemesis last game, mono blue devotion <laughs> and it, it, it's just what it is. You know, uh, I just, once again, just didn't really have a good draw step that first time around and, uh, yeah, just did not perform the way that I wanted to. Vomited on by elementals, mm. and then they become three two elementals. And I just have—I mean, I don't have my anger of the gods or anything. I'm not get drawing the cards that I need to remove move those quickly. I think you have a mental block when it comes to mono blue, dude. It, it should not be that bad of a matchup yeah. for you, especially when you were playing blue white control. I know. Yeah, and it still didn't matter, did it? No, no. Ugh. Yeah. Just intimidated by that. So at that point, you dropped and we ate terrible Mexican food. That's right? exactly what happened. Yeah. Well, the food itself wasn't necessarily terrible. Oh, you lucked out then, buddy. All right. Well, but it I, wasn't I, yours I, like dunked I did send in my queso. Back, you sent right. yours back. To make sure it was It was right. dunked in queso dip. So how bad right. can it be? Because exactly. queso's gangster. Exactly. Right. So anyway, that was Cameron's tournament. So before we move on to Dustin's thing, overall... What do you think, Cameron? Like, are you willing to do this again? Were yeah. you scared off? What? No, no. Overall, really wanting to do this again. Um, one thing I would just make, I would pray to the Star City gods. It would never happen. But please, just give us an hour break in between five matches. Like, you know, right. five matches. Everybody give us an go hour to lunch, break. do something. Do something right. just to, like, stretch your legs. Go grab a cup of coffee. Right. And just reset your mind. Because well, the problem is, is with 11 rounds, if they give you that break in there, how long are they running to? Yeah, they're going into 14-hour right. territory, probably. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, very positive. I want to continue to play Magic, which is awesome. Right? Yeah, we didn't scare you <laughs> off. We didn't, no. Not yet. Um, I want to go back to your tournament here in a bit, Cameron, because I have some other things I want to talk about. But let's, let's pass the torch to Dustin, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you can talk about how much you hated trading today. Ah, <laughs> it, it was very aggravating doing trading today and it's not the people it's just uh, magic right now is in a really weird spot with standard and it seems that nobody wants standard cards even the ones that you know star city is uh selling out of constantly like temple of enlightenment afara stuff like that i don't know if like the print runs are just getting high enough that everybody has their play sets or just people don't feel like playing standard right now but trading out of standard cards was just it was it was horrible it was really hard to do. And a lot of people were asking for some of the modern cards that have been spiking, legacy cards that have been spiking. And it's really odd to me that like everybody's running around to get those right now, right after they go up in price. It's like, well, why weren't you planning on playing this two months ago? Right? Doesn't it feel like there's a legacy panic right now because of the like <sighs> recent like really intense right. spike? <laughs> right. It kind of seems that way. And it's just really odd. But a lot of the people that I was trading legacy cards off to seemed more casual players. Commander players, too. Right. Mm -hmm. More so than, you know, like legacy players. But they still want the legacy cards before they go way too high in price, right? So on a brief side note, every single time I went back to Dustin and was getting happier and happier from winning games, he was getting sadder and sadder. <laughs> like, I could totally see, like, just a downward trend in like, right. what was happening with right. Dustin. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I think maybe it's time to annoy standard as bad right now <laughs> i mean i i play it, it it's in a very odd place i don't think it's necessarily the skill level because that's kind of the complaint i've heard on twitter and right. stuff is that people feel like it's not skill intensive enough i don't think it's that right i think the decks are super bland okay and there's not a lot of cards that they carry between them that are sought after so for example um in the days of 
you know, Cobblade, there was a bunch of lands that you had to play across different versions of the deck. Right. Um, and in different standard formats, you would see kind of staple-ish cards. Now it feels like Green Red Monsters, it has its core set of cards. Right. Rono Black has its set of cards. And they, there's never an intersection. And so the cards you're playing are the cards you're playing. And so you don't ever have any incentive to play more than one standard deck. Right. And it's not really that engaging of a format that makes you want to buy a second deck. Right. Right. Like, I'll, I'll be honest, when Cameron and I sit down and play test tonight, we really don't have any interest in playing standard, right? No. Because it's yeah. just a snore. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, honestly, I, I played five rounds and every single deck I played was not a surprise at all. Every single one was one of the, the top eight archetypes right. that you see. All the time. Well, there was no surprises. The other thing that we have right now is Born of the Gods came out and it didn't make that big of an impact on like mono blue or mono black, mm -hmm. which, you know, were top tier decks. It, it did what, like a two of addition to monsters and it's just I, I, weird. I, I'm so, I, I just have heard this time and time again from people. People are saying, just wait. The deck will show up <sighs> that'll use a ton of Born of the Gods cards and it's like, well, I don't think so. I also think that any of those things that you can construct, like the Esper Humans deck right. or the Auras deck, while those are fun and mm -hmm. maybe kind of good, I think they're probably in general worse than Mono Blue or Mono Black right. or Green right. Red Monsters. They're going to be on the fringe for sure. Yeah, they're yeah. going to be on the fringe. They're going to be on the outside looking in, right? Right. Um, Until we get something just like really awesome that goes in there. Like they reprint Geist of St. Traft and we put it in Auras or something, right? Not going to happen, but... It would totally change the the way the deck works and give you know more competition to it. I'm starting to think Geist of Saint Traft is about to rival Suntail Hawk. The number <laughs> of mentions on our show, no, not even close. Suntail Hawk's still up there. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> so wrong. So um, you were even saying like things like Temple of Enlightenment, which are sought after standard cards. Right. You're having right. trouble moving. Right. I mean, I moved a few Temple of Enlightenments. Um, Corsair Crufix. I, I got rid of one. Right, which is really odd. That's insane. I know. Um, Afara, I had like 12 of those for the start of the day. I still have 12 of those. You know, it's just really odd. And it's like, this is stuff that people have been talking about. Oh, you know, I want to get this or I want to try that and so on and so on. And I wonder if part of it is just the the pricing scheme. Because if you look at all the temples, they're like four or five bucks here and there, right? But Enlightenment is 10. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's just too much. Or they're expecting it to go down. Right, mm -hmm. but the problem is it's blue white and is being played in multiple decks. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So I don't know. So we'll but, see. But just to put a finer point on this, how quickly are you moving through your legacy stuff though? Right now, oh, legacy stuff. I mean, if I want to get rid of every single bit of it, it'd be gone like within an hour. It's Crazy. that easy to get rid of. Right, and even with like wastelands being at a hundred dollars, and you know, just totally random prices on like dual lands and stuff, it's just weird. You know, it's weird because the the counterfeit thing has really had this opposite impact, you know, and that it's caused these prices to shoot up because now the scarcity seems even more intense and people are even, you know, desiring this stuff even more. Right. Plus, I mean... Okay, so I don't, I don't even know if this has to do with the counterfeit problem. Well, I think it has more to do with standard just being straight up bad. Right, that makes a lot more sense. Um, if it was part of the counterfeit problem, I still think more people would be, like, walking away or weary about it. Right. But in these trades, it's like nobody's like stopping to like double check the card and see if, you know, it might look like it's misprinted or anything like that. They're just, you know, trading like they normally would. And they're mm -hmm. just pushing right through. Right. Huh? So it's, it's kind of like the whole counterfeit thing just kind of blew over and people don't care. I mean, don't get me wrong. Their wallets care down the road. But at the same time, they're not uh, as worried about it as they were when the articles came out. Sure.
And and I think, you know, the other part of this is the quality of play. Like, even though Legacy, I would say, is not necessarily as good as it was maybe a year or two ago, mm-hmm. I still think it's far and away the most interesting and best format, um, maybe outside of Cube, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's kind of a thing that people want to do because it's a better product, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And look look at this place. We, you know, we were just in this room with 760 people, and most of them are guys. Most of them are over 20. Most of them have disposable income that they're willing to spend. Right. Right. Maybe they're not willing to spend it on their cars or a razor to shave their face, but they're willing wow. to spend it on... There's a lot of beards in that room. Can we just say there, that? There is a lot of beards. It's just the way you said it. I don't know. I'm looking at one right now, actually. Hmm. Yeah. I'm yeah. just lazy. There's a difference. He's, he's actually shaved more on his head than he has on his face. That's right. Sure, yeah. That's so right. I don't think it really applies to him. <laughs> anyway, um, let's just take a quick break, come back, talk about the Pro Tour and some other things that are happening. All right, guys, so we have tomorrow to look forward to. This is Saturday night of the SCG Open. Uh, I didn't play Standard, but I'm playing Legacy tomorrow. Uh, I'll play uh, Bant, which I'll, I'll post the list um, on our newfangled Twitter feed. Nice. I haven't mentioned that yeah, yet, have yeah, I? Yeah. Oh, my God. It sounds like end of the show fodder. Yeah, at yeah. SpikeFeedMTG. Uh, but anyway, uh, you're going to play. the show. Yeah. <laughs> and the show's over. Bye, guys. No, um, <laughs> And uh, Cameron, you're going to be playing a little modern merfolk tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So that was actually a funny story. I go up to the front desk to ask, like, uh, I see that you guys have like a modern Swiss something going on. Uh, is, is that really popular on Sundays? He's like, no, no, it's not. We may <laughs> get eight. You'll, I mean, we'll refund your money if nobody shows up. But right. so it may, I may just end up playing another round. Of Way to instill draft. confidence in the players, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had this grand fantasy draft last week. Yeah. And Wizards, even though we are, whatever, eight hours out from the top eight happening, mm-hmm. uh, they still haven't posted the top eight deck list, so we don't know who won the fantasy draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Which no- was me with my uh, Desecration Demon. Right. Or not, Bainslayer, Bainslayer Angel. Angel. Wow. Bainslayer Angel. Jeez, How come you didn't so choose Suntel Hawk as a small creature? I should have. Right? You should have. I mean, you the, just the way it. I was picking, I should have just picked that. It's yeah. like, whatever. I think Dustin's going to win the small creature, by the way. Um, but... Uh, we'll see. We're going to do it by the top eight deck list, not the, the best performing modern list. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't really have too much to say about the Pro Tour. Obviously, we've been preoccupied by this tournament. We're going to cover that in depth next week. But I do want to talk about modern as a format because, you know, we do know some of the decks that made the top list, mm-hmm. top eight, even though we don't have the list. Uh, Dustin's been trading a lot of modern cards mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot to say about the popularity of the format. Um, so <laughs> apparently Star City isn't yeah, really excited yeah, about not, right. Yeah. And everybody you talk to is like, one day, one day, there will be no legacy at Star City Game <laughs> Opens, and there will be modern, and it will take over, and blah, 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 mm, blah, blah. Right. Wishful the, thinking. The problem is, like, if you look at this top eight list, right, uh, and you see the decks that have made it, maybe it's just me. I can't get attached to Splinter Twin or Birthing Pod. Right. I play Storm and Modern, and that made the top mm-hmm. eight. Um, but I don't love any of these decks the way I love Legacy Shardless Bug, mm, the way I mm-hmm. love Esper Stoneblade. The way, you know what I mean? Yeah. And these decks, whenever you watch them play, it's just a bunch of decks waiting to combo off mm-hmm. and not interact with each other. Whereas yes. like, whenever you're playing Shardless Bug versus even Maverick, it's such a skill-intensive, interactive thing. I've never thought of it that way before. But what you just said with modern just lacks interaction, I think that's, that's, the, that's the perfect summary. Okay, Dustin, why don't yeah. you step in here, man? Like, 
So are you still moving modern cards? No problem. Like, because I mean, you're dealing with people that are tournament players. A right, lot. right. So a lot of the modern cards that people are going after, again, like I said, are the ones that have been spiking in price. Um, I've had like 10 birthing pods that I've been sitting on for like the past three events. And it's like, you know, it's, it's still a good deck. People mm-hmm. like playing it, but it just, I guess no one wants to move into it. I believe one did make the top eight for right. what it's worth. Right. Uh, the other piece of that is it's a hard deck to play. Right. You know? Right. But so even though I heard it's not doing so good, everybody still is trading into fairies, you know, pieces for fairies. Bitter Blossoms are looking for, you know, the, the sowers, the, all that stuff. I wonder if there were any fairies decks <clears throat> represented in the field of Pro Tour. I've heard nothing about it on Twitter. The right. very little bit that I've watched the coverage, see nothing about it. Right. Mm-hmm. But I do think we need to kind of be honest with ourselves that competitive modern and store level modern are very different things. And right. maybe um, fairies being popular at the store level will keep Bitter Blossom at maybe 40 bucks, 50 right. bucks, Not right. crazy high. Um, Cameron, you are the only one of the three of us that has a shop that actually plays modern. Mm-hmm. What do you see there? Yeah, well, you know, Bug, you'll see some of that. Um, affinity, you'll see a lot of Affinity, honestly. Um, and then, I'm not kidding you, at least four other people have Merfolk decks. I'm not in this. Maybe you're a trendsetter. Uh, no, no, these guys had it beforehand. Okay. I mean, because like when I was searching for pieces for that Merfolk deck, you know, I would talk to the shop owner. I'm looking for Lord of Landis. He's like, I, I can't keep those. Like they, right. they go off the shelf instantly. Weird, right? Yeah. So there's just I, it, I think that's just like one of the. It's the easiest deck to play, right? Well, I mean, eh, dude, so straightforward and yeah. Dude, a lot of the modern decks are very easy to play. Yeah. Let's get that yeah. out of the way. And fairly easy to build. And fairly easy to yeah, build. Yeah, they're fairly cheap for the most part. I mean, right. Well, they, they were. Yeah. A lot yeah. of them are going up in price. But sure. c- compared to Legacy, yeah. holy cow. And I mean, compared to Standard, some of these <laughs> decks are cheaper than Standard <laughs> right. decks. Yeah. But like, the problem is, and Merfolk like, completely highlights this problem. Merfolk is close to the same deck across both formats. It's one of the least fun legacy decks mm-hmm. and one of the most fun interactive modern decks. Isn't that the right? truth? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, I just, it kind of bums me out that modern isn't what it could be. Um, and we could go on about why we think that is or what should happen, but I'm just interested in the health of that format, right? Mm-hmm. Where I'm going to go to this legacy tournament tomorrow, and there's going to be hundreds of people, even though the decks are going to be worth a lot more than what you're going to win if you win the tournament, right? Like, sure. that's mm-hmm. where we're at. Um, Okay, Cameron, I want to just throw a topic at you out of nowhere. All right. Okay? Okay. I'm going to hit you with this blindside topic. So you and I had an interesting discussion, um, really all of us, um, the three of us and my wife, uh, about your last opponent, right? And it kind of brings up an interesting topic (sighs) in terms of gender and magic. You played a young lady. Yeah. And, you know, we're in a room of 760-some-odd people. Maybe fifty women were in the room. Mm-hmm. I still think it was less than that. I still mm-hmm. think it was like six. I don't know where you guys were seeing all these extra women just floating around. All right, okay. <laughs> uh, they were floating around. Literally. Well, you, you know what I mean. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, mm-hmm. and this is a touchy subject, so I don't want to go too in depth. But is there a gender problem with magic? I don't know if it's a problem. You know, it's just as the only single one, you might think it's a problem. I'm just uh, right, right, right. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, but, but what do we, we got to keep this PG? I could be saying some stuff, right? <laughs> Man. Anyway, um, no, I don't think it's such a problem. It's just, I mean, anybody can come and play, mm-hmm. right? 
But is it a comfortable environment if you're a lady? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, that's understandable too. Um, I I don't know. I've seen some people that you know could be making women a little awkward. You know. The, the way they talk or, you know, persist talking to them when they're, you know, trying to play a game or so on. So, but yeah, I don't know. That is what happened when I played this girl. Uh, you know, she's super nice and I'm trying to play a game of magic, but right. like every single guy surrounding right. me that you can tell is, is probably single, you know, right. in his mid twenties and whatever. Right. No but, wedding like, ring. We'll say just, that. Right. Just, you know, pressuring or not pressuring her, but just continually talking, interrupting games that you right. would never see and, any and, other and, person right. like any other type right. of game get interrupted so, like that so there's been times in tournaments or even at FNM when you're trying to concentrate on a game of magic and your friend comes up to you and interrupts you and like talks about something that's nonsensical it's like doesn't even matter right mm -hmm. and you know sometimes it's hard to concentrate doing that so I can only imagine strangers coming up to you saying random things not necessarily crude or vulgar but just saying random things to you trying to get your attention and how are you supposed to concentrate on playing the game and you know progressing to win yeah and yeah. honestly i would love to know how it compares to poker right poker is probably our, our closest analog in terms of a competitive right. money card game right i know there are women that play competitive poker right. i don't know the extent of it i'm sure it's a majority right. of, of males but you know, I, we just kind of had this interesting thought. And, you know, just to put mm -hmm. this out here, you know, I'm a dad of a little girl. And it's something I think about, right? It's something, you know, I play magic. At some point, she might play magic. Mm -hmm. Am I going to be comfortable, like, having her go to a tournament with me? Am I going to be comfortable taking her to F&M? Because, you know, we see that at our shop. Guys bring their sons. Right. But, you know. Well, okay, so I've never seen anything that's been so out of hand that like a girl would have to call a judge over and say, I can't stand this guy no, being around me. I've like never seen that. anything like that. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, like, like I was saying, things can be bothersome to where, you know, it'd be hard to concentrate, but I've never seen anything that's just like really crossed the line or been really bad. Right. But it's right. still disconcerting, uncomfortable, whatever. And, right. and it's something that I just kind of want to float out there as a topic. I didn't want to, I, we don't have any solutions, right? Like, <laughs> right? this is yeah. not like, here's how we're going to create gender equity. Even right. if we don't, I mean, is it something we need to create in the game? You know, that's another well, question. So, so the thing that, that gets me is, it's like, I know there's a lot of women out there that do play Magic, mm -hmm. okay? And you see them at F&Ms and other, you know, just smaller events. So is it just that, People need to be, you know, telling them, hey, you know, come to this big event with us and just draw them to the bigger events. So there's um, just a, a larger number of them. And if there's a larger number of them, then it won't be so, like, taboo and people won't worry about, oh, there's a girl here. It'll just be like, oh, there's just another player. Let's play Magic. Right? Right. And and this kind of got my brain moving. I got the uh, 20th anniversary of Art and Magic. Right. That book that was kickstarted. And, you know, if you guys get a chance to pick it up, you absolutely should. It's fantastic yeah. if you're a longtime player. Uh, and in it, they talk about the original art direction. One of the big points was to not have the kind of women that you would see on the cover of a Conan the Barbarian like novel. Like Boris Vallejo type stuff. You know. Right. You would see. Right. And I, I think Magic, in terms of its imagery, while not perfect. Right. Um has a lot of empowered women right right mm -hmm. and, it, and it's something that you know is kind of baked into the dna of the game right but we don't see it kind of bear out in terms mm -hmm. of you know tournament attendance and that right. kind of thing so anyway i'm glad that everything doesn't look like a heavy metal cover from the 80s right <laughs> right yeah. right well like yeah. i mean again just if somebody said hey i want to dress up as elspeth for halloween that's oh. really not an awful costume no, right no, like right. It's, yeah yeah so anyway i something i wanted to spark a conversation about yeah. so 
Um, do you guys have any other thoughts on the day before we kind of skedaddle on this particular podcast? Uh, no, I mean, nothing really. I hope trading gets better. <laughs> I hope it does for you, too. Well, uh, we'll see how I do. High hopes, right? Yeah, good luck, dude. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, if you want to catch up with Dustin yep. via the Internet... Uh, what's you have a Craigslist ID that <laughs> no never <laughs> never oh my god never uh, you can't you got to trade with the man there in person there you go uh, Cameron if someone wants to catch up with you at Cameron underscore McCoy I am at Curtis now our official show Twitter feed is at Spike MTG uh, and we will check you guys next week. <laughs>